0: What's up everyone? Welcome back to Lee2B, the sassiest podcast for B2B. I'm your growth marketing host, Lee Moskowitz. Special shout out to everyone who has rated the podcast so far. Thanks so much and thank you for anyone who has paused the podcast to then go rate it or will do so afterwards. Thank you, thank you. But today I am talking to a leader in the go-to market and B2B community space, Jared Robin, the one and only. He's the co-founder of Rev Genius, and he's all over LinkedIn. From humble beginnings in tech sales to crafting a diverse career path that includes scaling startups, advising SaaS companies, and hosting the Revenue Today podcast, Jared is your go-to guy or homie for all things community building and business scaling. With Rev Genius skyrocketing from zero to 40K members in just three years, Jared's journey is a testament to his knack for fostering growth. Join us as we unravel the secrets to his success and explore the dynamic intersection of sales, marketing community empowerment and more on lee 2 be.
1: what's up jared that was phenomenal i thank I, you i wish i could write that that good Thank you for having Look. me, audience. Whether you realize it or not, like I, I am all in on Lee what he's creating, and I quote unquote closed him in the comments. He probably thinks that it was the other way around because I, I baited him in a little bit. I think subtly. So thank you. I don't know if that's true. Like I always track.
0: planned on having you on. I just, oh, you're a busy guy. You're a busy guy.
1: Well, happy new year.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So, I have a, w- at what point do you think it's a people should stop saying happy new year? I was going oh, to post a poll about this.
1: There's a few points of view on this. I've heard as quickly as today being the last day. Anything before everybody's cool with the first Friday. Like, every, I haven't heard anything past that. Some people say the full January. Nobody's really saying February. I'm throwing in January 15th. I think you could go full January um, if it's the first time speaking to somebody yeah. If, 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 if it's a second time and you throw it in like and you're not sure about the, just cut your losses if you spoke to them that's it.
0: yeah i feel like so if you see someone in person that you haven't seen since the new year i feel like you have the whole month that's good for you online though and in emails like past the second to, to maybe third week of january we should cut it off that's my take on
1: it I'm gonna say January fifteenth to be easy, right in the middle. We got ten days, people,
0: because it's January fifth when we're recording this. So, yeah, so ten days. That's that's the official limit. But let's let's not. Talk, we can talk more about that. But we have some more interesting stuff to talk about. But before we get too far into it, I'd love to give our listeners a a recap or rundown of rev genius i'm sure most of them hopefully know rev genius but before we go any further just your your rev genius recap or
1: rundown yeah absolutely rev genius is a community we have north of forty thousand people in slack we probably have double that like in the email list as a whole uh yes i know we need to get the rest into slack playing around with that it's a, it's a no cost community today for sales, marketing, rev ops, customer success, from individual contributors to senior leaders. That's part of the the the, the mission is we want to build trusted spaces for curious revenue professionals who are collaborating on the future of B two B go to market. We launched a paid community this past year called Rev Room for VPs and C suite who want super intimate spaces. There aren't any formal courses. There's some other folks that do that pretty decent so we'll let them do that we want people to learn from each other and that's hence the mission collaborating on the future of UW b go to market they so learn more from each other right like like what what's what's the future of tomorrow SDRs, like you, you have to talk to people today about like who's the most forward thinking pe- you wait for the course to come out it's already happened
0: well that's a whole other podcast in itself because People can argue SDRs are going away, other people are saying hell no they're not, other people are saying
1: AI and SDRs, but no, that's a whole other podcast. It, it, it depends, it's just, it, it's nice to take a definitive stance, but yeah, it's a whole other
0: podcast. Yeah, I don't think SDRs are going away, that's my official stance on that.
1: It depends, is my official stance. Nice, I, well, I that's think. A, that's I think, always I a good think, stance. I think, I think the numbers will decrease, as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I, I
0: think... But I, I think that's a lot. With a lot of careers are, are decreasing, noticing, but,
1: yeah, but yeah,
0: yeah. What does a community like actually mean? Like, what is, what does that do? What's a B two B community?
1: This this is um, you know, a question that obviously I've been thinking about since the beginning, and and my answer has evolved the more I think about it. Um, so a, a community from like a Rev Genius perspective, like it's it's a place of like minded individuals in our case professionals who are here to support one another in their journeys community as a whole like taking a step back thinking of like what does community mean like across professional not professional everything i think it's um it's a group of people that want to drive some sort of impact often social impact right um often 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 social impact and i think uh you know as i'm thinking through like why do communities for demand gen purposes which which is like a faux pas but why does it work better in like b2c than b2b and and high level like i, I could take some few I, I haven't dived in enough but certainly high level in b2c like the communities often support social impact right like look at nike's commercials right like yeah like, like nike's ambassadors they get people like to ride bikes together around a cause, that's fucking authentic, right? Like, well, that, no, it, that, that's because that,
0: there's no B 2 B brand that I know of that has a corporate social responsibility on. No, them.
1: no, and 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 then, um, let's look at like Tom's. They've literally fucking built their brand: buy one, give one. Uh, Warby Parker, like built into their brand is this subtle or not so subtle like social impact cause, and I think um, community. Alongside brand, like community works best when it supports a brand, but like when it support everything about the individual at the brand. So like users helping them achieve their goals, sure, of course. Like let's take it to B two B, and I'm and I'm I'm just waiting on like like more of a social impact movement. I, I I know there's some communities out there that are like we've donated X menial 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 dollar, and and like listen, like we're guilty. Okay, Um, frankly, my team is too small. It's like we we can't do a million things. Like I I could do posts on LinkedIn, but to like really dive deep, it's just not fair to us or the cause. Nobody's really like I, I I'm sure Salesforce has something right but like right you have know, patagonia that's like one percent for the planet like like
0: well i mean i'd argue so like salesforce too like they're a public company sure so there's the investors and there's there's that difference whereas to your point like you can be as passionate about it but you're you, like you're kind of saying you don't have time for that almost because like you're a small team you're a startup
1: i'm bootstrapped uh,
0: yeah and that and that's where it comes into to play where it's like i, I think that's that's why we don't have that arm. And the reason why so many brands do, consumer brands do it is because they know that's what will get them more customers and will lose them customers and and, and,
1: and, and they're cool with that. Like like um and you have like campaigns that are built around the people, right? Like like the everybody where you have like a woman in lingerie and all different sizes and stuff. And it's really connecting. With, like, culture, with the person. Like, they're really good at that. B2B But well, to brands, follow the lingerie it's so thing, much. it's
0: also because cause B2C is more sexy than, than yeah. B2B. Like, let's face it.
1: Sure. So do we need B2B as a whole? <laughs> well, so,
0: yes, we do. But I yeah. am also a marketer who believes that... You don't need to be a B2B marketer. You don't need to be a B2C marketer. If you're a good, and I'm just going to pick on marketing. That's who I am. If you're, and also I've been from agencies, I've had multiple situations, but if you're a good marketer, you should be able to figure out the ICP or audience, adapt to that, listen to them, and then figure out what makes them tick. Then does that.
1: Uh. Without a doubt. And and you know, we were better at this at Rev Genius earlier on, where like literally like Women's Day or or Women's Month or something, like we had like a few dozen dudes write about what they respected or or lifted up women or something, and then posted it all over social media. It was fucking great. And 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 that type of stuff is really thoughtful and 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 really vibey. I know yeah. you're kind
0: of teasing at that, too. Like, you're, there's half-teasing. But that is super important that when... No, like, we did Yes. It. Yeah, well, sorry. I, I think everyone's teasing. Um, But, like, it is super important when... I'm just going to assume all of them are straight dudes. I'll say that. But, like, when Probably these straight...
1: dominantly, d- yeah.
0: When these white straight dudes are are talking about women's rights issues, that's important because women aren't the only ones who should be talking about that. Everyone should be talking about that. So I like those posts. I don't. Some people say, "Oh no, that's virtue signaling." No, it's not. No. People need to be sharing this stuff. That's why they're posting it.
1: And 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 you know, there, there's other little subtle thing. Like sometimes you need to be like really out there. But like, I got an email yesterday, uh, an all white manal email, and and I just posted on Twitter. I'm like. It's 2024 and mantles and tone deafness are still in. Mm -hmm. I I didn't call out the brand. I didn't post any pictures of it. It would have been too obvious, but like little, and and, and that's the key. Like, like we have to do subtle things, but I also think we have to do loud things too. I think a lot of B2B, a lot, not all, unfortunately is good with the subtleties. The loud, like I remember once, Remember when LinkedIn had stories?
0: Did they? Did they? They had it for a hot minute, right? Yeah, Did for, they?
1: for for like a month or a year okay. or something. I literally, I let out my political leaningness when somebody won the election, the last election, the only election during Rev Genius's time. Um, and I just took a picture. Breaking of- news: Jared Robin is a MAGA supporter. Breaking news: uh, I think everyone's <laughs> full of shit. No. Uh- <laughs> So so uh, Biden won last uh, election and Camilla, and I just took a video of like a park, like McCarran's Park with everybody celebrating. I I might have had a one-liner. It was no jab or anything. It was just like joy. And I had somebody email me. Like we sent out our weekly newsletter and somebody said, I'll, I'll no longer be affiliated with RevG. So I'm like, hold on, I'm Jewish? <laughs> I got to go through the kanye shit and and the political
0: one look at you though like like i know the, i'm like, I'm,
1: a, I'm a complete major i'm i'm uh am heterosis
0: no like, i meant more like one look you're clearly like liberal like you I'm your whole big vibe moment. is very brooklyn-y you got your long hair leather jacket like like why i don't know if you always did but like did he think anything differently
1: fair i I guess they just didn't want me to voice my own opinion
0: and they wanted you to know that so but like let's get more into rev genius because like are are you the biggest you're you're definitely the biggest gtm community right like you're if not the biggest b2b community right
1: yeah i i I believe so i mean i don't have all the stats laid out but um in in the ones that are in my like square vision we have the most people
0: and I know this is no easy answer, but like, how the hell did you do that in three
1: years? I worked really hard. Like, I, I I think it starts. We had like a little LinkedIn DM with like like the four musketeers starting me and Galem, the original co-founder, and then we invited like Ben Haber, who's the homie deluxe. And we're like, hey, can you bring in somebody else that's cool? He brought in Stephanie Madsen. We had this like cool little vibey thing, and we're like, can you bring in other people that like? The only requirement is they're kind of in our space and they're a vibe, you know, like that objective subjective thing. And and we had like a really cool group of like interesting people that came in, and 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 so the first part of it was we saw that we had people that liked each other and that they weren't getting this um, elsewhere. And it, and it was at the beginning of COVID, and I do believe strongly that 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 helped that helped quite a bit. And, and people had no connection with others. And, you know, at the time I saw paid communities for senior leaders. I saw unpaid communities for senior leaders. I saw content websites and I saw things I wasn't really sure about. And I'm like, is there really no, nothing for everybody? Like an SDR to a CRO for free? I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm going to make money, but like there's nothing that supports everybody. And that's like what community is and, and support needs to go beyond professionally. It needs to be, there needs to be like a little bit of holisticness. Like you can't be a therapist for somebody, but you need to acknowledge other things going on. So we had this group that, that grew to like 25 in uh, LinkedIn and it was like breaking all the time to make a group 25. You just ask like a handful of people to invite a couple of friends and, and you could do that. Right. Like that, that, that isn't like, that isn't the revolutionary part i don't know if any of this is but that isn't the like anything that interesting starting in linkedin a place where they already were is like a good takeaway i, I our hypothesis was that like originally it wasn't to build a community it was to um, we saw like all these events still do. And I'm like, shouldn't there be like a single location for all the events? Like, why are they coming from like 800 emails and I got to unsubscribe from all these? I'm like, some of them are really good. And I'm also really annoyed with even the really good ones. Just send me one email with everything. I don't think I'll unsubscribe from the one and, um, and, and make it like a for sales and marketing. And, um, so we created like a Google sheet. We, we circulated it across these 25 people, two things happened. One, I don't think anybody went to the Google sheet. Like every Sunday we're like, here are all the best events and sales. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Cool. Um, but, but the second thing that happened is everyone loved everyone in this group, like, like really connected and everyone's on their LinkedIn on the app and the app was closing every so often daily if, if not more frequently breaking, and then you had to go back in and people are getting annoyed They're I'm like, shit, I think we have a community here, not, uh, not whatever the other thing was. And, uh, they asked me to go to Slack. So there was already a movement started. I, I was able to make a hypothesis that got tested hella fast, right? Like in a matter of weeks. Came up with the name Rev Genius. They're like, we got to go to Slack. I said it's going to take twenty-four to forty-eight hours. You and I both know it takes fifteen minutes to set up a Slack. Maybe I just got to create like a guidelines sheet to manage you insane animals because you're so active. So when we went over, then that's what we figured out. So so two things happen from a growth standpoint because I know this is growth. One, um, we all figured out that if we added rev genius to your linkedin and and shared it it would be like the highest performing post so like we would get benefit so like it's obvious that rev genius would be getting benefit um but we all That's figured the out the
0: approach yes
1: it was tr- tr- <laughs> truly mutually beneficial right uh-huh. truly mutually beneficial the second thing i did was i i came up with a two liner along with our like first volunteer head of growth um that was just so simple and i just started messaging dm'ing uh, three hundred people a day, on average, with setting myself a goal of acquiring manually. Yes, I was copying and pasting, uh, but I was not. What automated. was the limits
0: at the time for DMing?
1: Whatever it was was higher, and whatever the connection was is was higher. So this this won't work as effectively now for anyone trying to duplicate it. Um, but regardless, thirty people a day would say yes. That's a thousand a month. I would manually get. I, and I literally time blocked two to three hours a day to just do this. I was literally just optimizing for acquisition, which is a strategy. It's a vanity metric. Um, I argue that while long-term, it's not the right one, um, unless down funnels fixed and everything is good, it's, it's hella good for PR early on it's well good for PR
0: well, so that so part of it going is, is, gonna we're gonna compliment the work he did but so you mentioned how like during COVID like it, it really started there and yeah that probably was a big part of it people needed that sense of community they were home
1: but it was that's time, you're highlighting it was product market or, or problem market fit it was product market fit everyone needed a free community <laughs>
0: Right. But, like, the big thing is, and as you're saying, like, at the time, acquisition is, like, any, well, not any, but tons of communities can acquire people, tons of communities can say, hey, we're community now, but not every community is going to retain those members and engage those members, and that is... The secret to retaining and acquiring more, but you did that. So we're, we're past COVID now. I think, you cracked yeah. a code on your team. What did what, what, have you, what? What's your team done to continue to engage these people? And engage yeah, them? I
1: think I think what it comes down to early on, coming at it so hard and fast, and, and really empathizing with the people. Like I had no job. I wasn't getting paid for seven months. I was living on two thousand dollars a month from New York. Unemployment, which I'm sure you recognize that dollar amount exactly, and I had nineteen. Well, I don't live month- in the city? Yeah, and, and Lee, I had nineteen hundred dollar a month rent that I negotiated down. I had to move with my dad as a thirty eight year old, so that he could pay for my meals, and I decided to keep my apartment just in case. So, like, I didn't have COVID, so I couldn't empathize there, but like, I was able to empathize with like a lot of people. And, and, oh, by mm-hmm. the way, I jumped around different jobs, did all of that, got laid off, got fired, debatable if it was my fault. Like that That's how you empathize even more when it's debatable because everyone's felt the debatable firing. Had success, had failures. Um, and, and I was just like, I'm done with all, of, I don't know what's next for me, but I know all of you. And when I started, I actually wanted, I'm, I'm like the business side of a creative. Um, I wanted to create like, a soho house comp- competitor or something like in the beginning like yeah. for actual creatives not like party goers and i think that there's a huge value for whatever blah blah blah. but i'm like there, there's this gap i asked my my partner who's a creative director of a major magazine i said would you pay a 100 bucks for this and she looked like she was like i had five faces and i'm like i don't even want to do more research than that <laughs> because if, she, if i on the verge to living with her she doesn't even want to humor me i I don't care and then i looked at this space and i'm like holy shit there's not something for everybody like i actually know this space if i don't do this nobody will so like it started with with like this intense connection and it kept going like so so asking how we're here today like this underlying connection with what's going on in the space and, and being there for the people are 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 a big reason for that figuring out systems to put in to improve you know whether if you know better onboarding like me actually for a period of a few months 3 days a week for half an hour like onboarding 20 people at a time together in a group and being like okay I have had that experience now I know what videos to make <laughs> to not do this again and people complimenting me on the onboarding which I think is subpar but apparently it's better than other communities the bar is low unfortunately because i i want to get even higher so i i I, the onboarding is trying to get them to activation like do these things we're still trying to figure that out because we don't have a product product so it's harder to like measure all the nuances so that's like difficult but us putting in this type of effort and this type of thoughtfulness and looking at community as like like Truly growth, like the growth gates, I mean. Acquisition, activation, retention, monetization. For those uh, unsure, I guess awareness for some they put in there. Awareness isn't it. I don't think acquisition is the first. Awareness is... So I, I how get do you, Awareness is marketing. So, yeah, but so how, how, have you
0: mon- yeah, how, how have you monetized it while also staying authentic and helpful and And I feel like that's the real trick with so many people. They don't
1: know. So um, I remember us sending our first email. Essentially, a sponsor offered us a thousand bucks to send an email to the members. And I'm like, I had no money coming in. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll take a thousand bucks to send an email. I got 16 complaints about (laughs) us being like not authentic after that because I essentially copied and pasted what they had in their voice and, and sent it. People were holding us really effing accountable since they since it's less, but like the engagement percentage is probably less according to that. So whatever. But um from an authenticity standpoint, we're gonna pick brands that are good brands, no matter what uh what age they're at. We're we're gonna set, you know, we're looking to drive as much attendance and registration to their events as possible. So we're giving them advice that our community wants. We're making sure there's not mantles. We're doing little, um, little things like that. And, um, and and we're wherever possible articulating and conversing with our people saying like, we're doing this for you. Like I have a team of eight. You're not paying me anything Lee to be in rev genius. Somebody has got to pay me. The government, $2,000 $2,000 is going to pay for a month. Is going to pay for anybody in the state of New York period. So like, yeah, so, so we need to, this is something we need to do. And we're going to give you the ability to network and connect with others as a result. And we're going to, we're going to build better programming as a result. So you just, and, and also it's kind of the norm to do it, but you, you need to, you need to set rules with sponsors. They can't hard sell. You need to help them with, if they're open to it, with their post-event follow-up. With like finessing. And, you know, my goals are everybody's goals. Like I want to drive as much pipeline as possible and I know how to do it. It's to be courteous. Is to be finessed. Is to offer value, not to have a sales pitch. And of course, once in a blue moon, no matter what we say, there'll be a sales pitch in there. And as there is, we know exactly who won't renew as a client with us. Um, probably, uh, like literally, on their own too, because they'll, they'll say it didn't work, and we'll say we told you so. But we told you so doesn't work in twenty twenty three. Lee, you should be able to have an ego and do whatever you want. But I digress. Twenty four now, though. 2024 you could sell whatever you want now 2024 <laughs> is the year of uh of the individual more than ever
0: yeah well we can get into that but no it, actually no that is a perfect time to get into the collab tell us about that was a perfect segue
1: so yeah so mm, tell us about the at, collab so here's the deal like as communities evolving um. Yes, it's a so com- community can support social causes for sure. It can also support all the individuals in the community, like quite literally. And I'm thinking, like, what's the easiest B2B community? It's like get everybody fucking paid, right? Like, yeah, we can do the social cause thing. Ah, I'm going to Warby Parker for that. <laughs> I, I want to get paid in the B2B. Um, they want both, but like you get the idea. They're not expecting it in B2B, <laughs> right? Um, and it's unfortunate, but whatever, uh, not whatever, more on that later, but like, um, you need to provide like, like money, intrinsic benefit, like status or something, or, um, which, which, which will lead into extrinsic stuff or, or like social impact. Um, and, and the idea of the collab, like we're, we're in a time where, it's the growth at lowest cost. It's not just sustainable growth. It's like, how much can you milk out for how little straight up? And part of that, and we all know, don't hire a CRO at series a or a VPS. Yeah, sure. Some people still make that mistake, but, but now you can't, but now there are also alternatives, like whether it's a fractional doing it at at a high level, um, especially early on where you don't have to pay a W2. And it used to be the thing to do. Like literally the thing to do is to get VC money. The thing to do is to then hire your VP or whatever, no matter what stage. Um, And then it's like, wait, do I need VC money? I could bootstrap it. Do I need these people? So I I truly believe you could get from zero to one with a founder or a couple founders and just like fractional hired people, whether it's a consultant, advisor, um, fractional, et cetera. I believe that creators and influencers are actually part of that equation too. And, um, you know, that, that's your fractional organic marketing help, so to speak, uh, influencer marketing help, et cetera. And, you know, in this world, you know, you have, you have a solopreneur that could create courses and, and newsletters and all that on their own. And, and that's an awesome person, more power to them, but you have people that like, still want to like make their money from companies. They might just not want to work directly for companies and they might not want to make a course or a book or whatever. And, and I, I sense that that's a majority of people, certainly above the age of 30. And, um, like, how can we bring them more opportunities? Like, like you have this whole fractional movement, you have this creator, you have this, and you have no help lifting it. And sure. Yes. There's fractional groups. There's this. But the idea of the collab is to create a movement behind it, right? Like this isn't just a space for influencers or creators. I think I saw a newsletter for that or or maybe there's a community for, for all fractionals. Great, you're helping fractionals be fractionals. The collab is saying there's a movement happening that I'm going to create as a, as a side project because it's so damn important that the evolution of community is empowering everybody to earn an income on their own. A fractional CRO has more of an equitable arrangement than a CRO under that company. Funny how that works, right? Like you're a little more eye to eye with the founder when you're running your own fractional business than otherwise, and you have more flexibility to leave, et cetera, and creators and all of this the same. This collaborative growth movement like, is going to benefit companies. You don't have W-2, you don't need to pay insurance. Probably are paying less as well for that person and they're probably happy because they have five other clients. So they're netting out more. Um, with more flexibility and they could fire a client imagine if you could fire your employer yeah you, 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 some the, the best do that but the most don't and, and there's some psychological psychological anyone something. who's
0: freelanced has has done that anyone mm-hmm. who's freelanced
1: yeah but but freelance is going to become the majority and and yeah. there there needs to be like a safe space and like an all and to to help with this because there is difficulties and there is psychological and it's not for everybody, but I think that there's going to be more opportunity for it to be for everybody. You have people side hustling this now making good money and and companies coming to people. So like the idea of the, the collab is a newsletter. There's 2,600 subscribers in like three or four months we're getting probably 800 to 1,000 subscribers a month. It's great. Um, first 500 people I asked via text and DM, just like my past game plan. I don't have three hours a day to do it, unfortunately. Otherwise, I still would. I might pay somebody to do it three hours a day off of work. That's a whole other thing. And uh, it's just the beginning of a movement to to empower the people. So you have, you have fractional groups, whatever. That's fine. You're helping people maybe find fractional work. I'm trying to tell founders, like, you need to do this in growth at lowest cost. For the price of a full-time VP of sales, you could probably have four fractional people that all have mad decent experience to get there faster and to grow your company more. And then, oh, by the way, in three or six months, when, when you hit success, which could be clearly defined along the way, um, everybody's cool with separating. Like if you're a fractional for the same company for two or three, I don't think that's even possible. um, you might not be doing everything right I mean, mm-hmm. The founder might think that, but but the company might not be growing like it should so um i'm I'm figuring out what it is, what it looks like and 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 the messaging behind it clearly. but um in an era of growth at lowest cost, the only way we could grow is collaboratively. so you have like this whole g t m movement and this this idea of collaborative growth kind of like is on top of it and everything like it transcends above all of this because yeah like GTM unified whatever, this is more like let's give people like equity in the equation, not in the company per se, although they might get it, but in the equation. So whatever you're doing with the GTM or whatever, let's make it equitable. That's all. Thank you. Uh, yes, I love that. I don't even know I, if half I said makes any sense. I'm I'm figuring out the messaging.
0: <laughs> no that that's that's perfect because again you're, then you know you're building in in public but so right now it's it's is it a newsletter is it a group is it a community it's a newsletter
1: yeah and, and 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 the reason why um it's not part of Rev genius a side project whatever it's because like as a passion project like like this idea i'm passionate about i see a gap i also don't want it to take the focus away of like what my team is building with rev genius and and it's also something to test like what's what's super cool is my team's watching me do this what do you think the topics they're coming up with webinars? They're, they're like taking ideas from me. And I'm like, yes. Okay, cool. Like, because I don't, I'm biased, right? Like, but when they're coming and they're saying, like, oh, let's do an ebook on how to do this, I'm like, you see it too. Great. It's not just crazy me. <laughs> mm hmm. hmm. It's kind of cool. Well, I want, it's kind of interesting validation with, without losing well, wa- focus.
0: Well, I want to shift gears a little bit. Because you recently said, and we, we were talking about this, but you really recently said the most important thing you can do in sales and life is to be a homie. So before we go any further, yeah. what is your definition
1: of a homie? It's so funny. Like Somebody asked me what my definition of networking was once, and, and, and I, I, I purely believe that there's similarities here in homie. My definition of networking or being a homie is whatever business you're in. And however you make money, you shelf that. When, when you come, I mean, you, you do that, but, but like, you have to be open to shelving that when, um, when the time is appropriate and just dealing with the person. Right. Like it doesn't always have to be a transaction. And we see that like on LinkedIn and stuff like, Hey, do you have time to chat? Like, like, what do you really like? <sighs> dude, I've had, Oh my gosh. I've had funny experiences. But like and 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 it's helping somebody away from your business model. Like, cool, I'll hop on a call to help you with Outbound because I sell a sales engagement platform and I may be able to sell you something. Well, how about this? Lee, I'll I'll hop on to talk about, you know, directions for your your upcoming LLC, which I could uh, nowhere moves one, two, or three. Do I see any way of me making money? Because, like, I, I truly want to help you and watch you win, and know that I could bank on the universe coming back to me, but I can't expect it to come back for me from the person I help. That's the key thing. So because it's the opposite it feels, it feels take. Yeah.
0: So it's the opposite of a quid pro quo. It's it's the opposite of a you'll scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. You're just scratching people's backs.
1: Yeah. And in fact, when people um, come to me and and they have that uh, and they're like, how could I help you? And and if I sense that uh, they want something like one of two things, I'll either not take the call or if I do, I'll say, let's table you helping me. I don't think you could help me or I I don't want to talk about that yet. And uh, how could I help you? I don't want it to be a quid pro quo. Because frankly, not many people know about community or know community or can actually help me. They, the the people that help me are like my mentors that are like thinking big picture and like walking me through. It. But like, I don't meet people that could be mentor level. And, 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 and I'm, as I'm sure you are, I'm very particular about it. It's not just somebody that's like really good at it. It's somebody who like thinks outside the box and like is going to understand my, my st- stupid thoughts big picture and like reel me in in a certain (laughs) delicate way and I found a couple people like that well
0: so let's dig in that a bit more because let's actually talk sales now specifically so why in sales is
1: being a homie payoff people feel like you're authentic authenticity is everything do I have a I'm 99% sure like I have no structured sales I mean I have a loose sales process (laughs) but it doesn't feel like you're going through a sales process when you talk with me, I hope. And if it does, I'm doing something wrong, but people feel uh passion that I don't give a fuck about <laughs> like anything, but what I give a fuck about hopefully. And, and hopefully the other person feels like it's them unless they earn the right for it not to be. And, um, and, 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 and it helps build trust doing that. Like, I used to walk into sales calls when I was at FedEx, even like talk about humble beginnings. Um, And like my prospects would be like, Hey, check out pictures from the weekend before even like jumping in. And then like half an hour later, be like, you know, I'm supposed to try to sell you something now. Like, can we talk about that? (laughs) Like, and, and, and have a laugh and be like, okay, be real with me here. Cool. I'll, I'll still hang out for whatever but I do need to kind of have my numbers elsewhere then if it's not going to be here. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, hey, I'm not going to sell you something. I do need to make my time like that. So how and, can somebody uh,
0: embrace the the homie lifestyle? What can people do to, to become a homie?
1: Help other people without asking for anything from them in return. And helping could be doing something. It could be as simple as hopping on a call. It could be as simple as listening. It could do something like, without them asking, like, Hey, I knew you were looking for clients. I know, um, growth marketing is your forte and you did some PR like stuff. I don't know if this is right, but this person's looking for PR their budgets around the numbers you threw out off the top of your head. Do you want to meet with them? Like what? I didn't even ask. Yeah. Like if you got that out of nowhere, you wouldn't be sad. Well, it's time for our next
0: segment, which is Spill the Tea with Lee. That's, That's right. This is the sassiest podcast for B2B, and it is going to get sassy. We are going to be spilling the tea. So, so, piping hot question for you. You have, like, the most advisory positions I've ever seen somebody have, like, ever. Like, which ones are the real ones? And, like, like so, like, and, like, I'm kidding, but, like, what are, what are these advisory positions? What are they like? How do you have so many of them? Like, tell us for the, the LinkedIn plebeians, like us, like me. Sorry, I should say.
1: The advisory positions are typically equity related positions. They're, they're, I might be getting paid for like one of them, but not a majority is equity related to do different tasks. I make myself available for two hours or less a month, typically for all of the people I'm an advisor with. A majority won't take me up on that. They'll do uh, less frequent cadence. Some will. I pick companies. Well, companies come to me. I'll turn down some. Like perfect example, like this group of like three white straight dudes came on and I'm like, who else is in your leadership? And they're like, just us. I said, all right, I'll, I'll be open to be an advisor if you had two women <laughs> and they never did, like, I'm like, cause, because I want to set this up for success, right? Like, it's not just like, I want to win and, and diversity literally wins, not to mention it's an amazing thing. So like really strong product, like, like a couple of them, I approached them because I thought the product was killer. Um, some of them, I was just became close to the founders and they asked me, um, others mutual connections that I really respect, like, like this, this person just sent me an advisory agreement. I wasn't sure on the product, but the person that hopped on the call with the, the, when we spoke like, Hey, Jared, want to talk about like community was a former VP of marketing of a company I really respect. I'm like, I don't even know what you do, but this room you're in is like, I want, and and then I started listening more, letting it come down deeper. And I'm like, Oh, it could work. Um, And then I like, and, and then it's just like, what do you need me to do? There's a couple types of needs, like for advisors, some of which I'm cool with, some of which I I don't want to guarantee. A lot of people want business introductions. Nine out of ten, I'll say I don't want to be held to that. Because like like I'll I'll do that at my own cadence and stuff, but like I don't want to feel like I'm on a quota because I don't think that's realistic for me to uphold. Like, I don't want to be like, you know, the dude with the overcoat, like Jack Ripper or whatever. Like, what do you need here? I got something for you. I want to do it when it feels like organically naturally. One thing I'm really good at doing because I have a full community is when people are hiring that I advise, I could get really good people fast to interview. And that's a pretty good value. Um, no recruiter needed. Um, typically all of that. And and, and sometimes that's enough value in of itself, right? Because you could save 20%, 25% of year one salary. That could be that could be 50K right there. So that's a plus. So that that in of itself could pay for the value. If it's like help me with a community strategy, that's great. And this person that um that I'm gonna start advising with this really great person that I, I really respected who's like working fractionally with him He's like, Hey, can you just help me bring other communities on? And this felt like, this felt like a different kind of business development, right? Like this felt like something that like, and like right on the call, I shared my screen. I'm like, I was just asking other community leaders on the call. Cause like, it just vibed with me. I'm like, I could, I'll spend an hour. And, and he's like, can you spend half an hour a month with me? I'm like, done. So I hope that answers your question. Long answer. But like, I try to make it something that I could execute something that I want to execute something that's not going to take uh, more than an hour or two, a month of my time. And, uh, um,
0: that's a great answer. Cause like, I've always wondered like, and I feel like that's one of the best answers I've heard about advisory it, positions and oh, yeah. It, like what I've heard from other people too, it's like equity is, is important or some other form of, you,
1: you just want, you you want compensation and, and equity mm-hmm. is cool. Um, is equity worth more than cash? Oftentimes. No, no. oftentimes never no. is, never. But, is. Uh, so i'll I'll say this rarely is it um in my experiences i haven't had any of the advisorships exit so it's hard to say but it's still early with all of them so like literally in my case it isn't if one of them exited and like it might be worth everything but um schrodinger's exit but if you advise a hot company i advise hockey stack phenomenal fucking test box it adds to your brand it adds to the your network and all of that. So there is other value tremendously off of that, I will say.
0: Nice. Well, I know we have to wrap soon, but I do want to spill the tea on some more things. And yeah, please. One is something you recently talked about too, and I'd love to hit on it. What are some of the biggest myths right now in go-to-market?
1: I just did... <laughs> You know, I, I have so many of other people's answers. I just posted this yesterday. Um, myths and go to market outbound is dead. Um, emails dead. Cold calling is dead. Like like all of that, they're all very much alive. Um, any the biggest myth is anything anybody says is dead is probably not dead. If if a few people say that, fax machines are dead. They're not even dead right i
0: don't know i think government still uses them Healthcare, maybe and my dad well okay
1: (laughs) he faxes orders he makes money from fax machines
0: some people are listening to this podcast on a fax machine somehow it's possible i've made phone calls on
1: fax machines years ago
0: oh oh well you know you're actually being serious now yeah 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 yeah. my favorite fax machines from uh air force one When they fax it from the plane to the White House.
1: Oh my gosh! They used to do cold faxes to people. Like used to be able to get like menus from like local restaurants and stuff on. Not not that you could be. They they would force it down you. They would guess fax numbers. But anyway, um, yeah, all of that. Also, uh, myth of GTM. The way GTM orgs are set up now, on average, are like perfect. Like, isn't necessarily the best way in the future like the CFO might end up being over everything. Like we're, we're still figuring that out. I wouldn't have said that a month ago.
0: (laughs) Last question for you to spill the tea on. If you ought to drop one truth bomb for startups, what would it be?
1: Don't need VC money.
0: Bootstrap it. Is that the, is that the other option?
1: Yeah. I mean, don't rush for product-led growth. Here's the deal. Um, Wait as long as possible to take VC money. If you need VC money before hitting revenue of any kind, I'm not talking about your core product. Are you enough of a hustler to be a founder? Like, dude, Airbnb was selling Obama-os. Like, let's go. Right? Like, I, I don't mean like, yeah, of course you can't launch Airbnb in its current state without some sort of money, chicken before the egg. But they raised, they, they made 80 grand selling Obama cereal. Like, there's something to that. And and I think um, as a founder, you need to have that type of mentality. And we were just talking before hopping on about like the idea of launching an agency. This is this is a blueprint that's been done. So, like, I I I want to be clear. Like, you need money to start a company, but there's two ways to get money. <laughs> it's have money. Uh, there's three ways. It's, it's have money, but two ways. Assuming you don't. <laughs> Number one, nepotism yeah but but you can make money from like an agency and then figure out a business from it and and there's many successes from that
0: love it love it well before we wrap i'd love for you to call out anything you'd like now we should call it the collab again rev genius where people can contact you any events whatever you'd like to shout out
1: jaredrobin.com you can sign up for the collab there just put your email in fill out the form if 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 you subscribe to some other emails there, I make a couple bucks off it. It's free. Um, revgenius.com, sign up for our community and revgenius.com forward slash revroom. If you want to pay hundred bucks a month, VP or C-Suite, we have an intimate community of really incredible people there. And uh, forward slash Jared Robin, J-R-E-D-R-O-B-I-N on LinkedIn. Send me a note, connect with me, give all the credit to Lee. He is amazing.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jared. And uh, seriously, thank you for coming on. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I will see you all for another episode of Lead to Be next time. Enjoying Lead to Be? Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Your reviews go a long way in supporting me. Thank you so much.